The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. There are business leaders that are making so much more than profit in their enterprises. They're elevating their businesses, teams, and themselves to add more value, and so can you. Welcome to the Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. If you are looking for ways to elevate success while contributing to a better world, you'll want to listen for the next hour. Now here's your host, Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper. I'm wonderful to be back with you again for yet another week. And I'm delighted to say today that I'm, I'm holding my left hand a wonderful book called And Death Came Third, The Definitive Guide to Networking and Speaking in Public. And I wonder... Do you ever dread going to networking events or, or dread the opportunity when someone says to you, can you just come and speak at our, uh, at our conference or our event? Uh, do you hide at the back of the room when you have the opportunity to uh, then present? Um, I wonder. Uh, I also um, kind of you know, know a lot of people who really do dread the idea of speaking uh, to large groups of people. It's, it's a really common a problem. And therefore, it's wonderful today to welcome two people that I'm really honored to have as friends. They've both been on the show in the past. We have the business networking strategist, Andy Lapata, and also business development strategist, Peter Roper, uh, joining me today. And we're going to talk through their top tips for networking and speaking and why their book is still as relevant today as it was when it was first published. 10 years ago, so uh, a very happy birthday to And Death Came Third. Now, Andy Lapata, he's been labelled Mr. Network by The Sun and called one of Europe's leading business networking strategists by the Financial Times and a true master of networking by The Independent. He's the author of three books on networking, been quoted in lots of business books. He's a blogger for The Huffington Post. He speaks globally and he's regularly quoted in the international press. And he's a fellow of the Professional Speaking Association, the Institute for Sales and Marketing Management, and of the Learning and Performance Institute. We also have Peter Roper, a.k.a. the family businessman who helps business and family owners uh, to succeed with business development strategies designed exclusively for family firms. He's worked in business development for nearly 40 years. I'm surprised he dare admit that. He has run six family businesses over the last 20 years. Three, he says, have been stunning successes, and three, he says, have been fantastic failures. He's experienced the joy of winning and the despair of losing everything. Peter's love of working with people to improve their professional skills have led him to become national president of the Professional Speaking Association in 2009 and chair of the PSA Foundation to this day. He's spoken to well over half a million people in his speaking career and thousands of people, including myself, he's helped to become better speakers and better networkers. So a huge welcome today to Andy Lapata and to Peter Roper. Thank you very much, Chris. Thanks, Chris. Lovely to be with you. You're welcome. Um, pleasure to talk to you. And, and if, if, um, if Peter's sound is a little bit muffled, he is in Timbuktu at the moment, I believe. Is that correct, <laughs> Peter? Yeah, well, yes, our offices are in the middle of nowhere. That is absolutely true. <laughs> so let's start with the question, and I'll 
I'll sort of point this to you, Andy. You know, why is And Death Came Third the title of the book? Apart from uh, being a great attention grabber, um, we based it on a New York Times survey on social anxiety. Uh, they asked people what they were most frightened of, and death came third. So that's where the title comes from. Uh, the book focuses on the, the top two fears, so we don't actually go into any more detail on death in the book, but we do talk about how to overcome the fears of walking into a room full of strangers uh, and the fear of speaking in public. So that's where it, that's where it comes from. So you say people would actually rather rather die than speak in public or, or um, well this is this is what the survey pointed out it, it, it has been said I can't remember who the quotes are attributed to but it has been said um, that most people at a funeral would rather be the one in the coffin rather <laughs> than the one giving the eulogy ah how do you feel about that Peter would you um, would you rather well, yeah it's my experience generally yes I, I think most people uh, are very nervous about walking into a room full of strangers or Billy No Mate syndrome, as I call it. Uh, and people absolutely, uh, when they have the chance to stand up and speak, most people look at each other and say, go on, you have a go and you have a go. And, and it's very rare that somebody actually just wants to speak. And yet, of course, particularly in business these days, um, speaking and networking are you know, the top two things you need to do. You know, I, I cut my teeth um, in both speaking and networking, in running networking groups um, for eight years. And, and in our groups, every, every member would give a minute presentation each week. Uh, and then one member each week in every group would give a 10-minute presentation. If anyone's been a member of BNI, then they'll be familiar with the format. And, you know, I saw it so often where the chair of a group uh, would ask uh, the group, look, we haven't got a 10-minute presenter for next week, who, who would like to take it? Now, this is a tremendous opportunity to uh, educate your group and help them understand exactly what you do, who you do it for, and what referrals you're looking for. And yet, you could, you know, it, it was the old classic of, would, would the, uh, the person who, who wants to do it not take a step backwards, effectively? People just weren't stepping forward for it at all. Mm, it's a... Uh... And it, I think it's also, it's, it's wonderful, I, I think, when you see people, uh, and I've seen you guys speak, and I speak myself, but when you, you put those hours in and you, and you are able to stand up and engage an audience, it, it does, st it does uh, you do stand out, don't you, I think, versus you know, other people in the room, really, um, certainly at a B&I event. Yeah, you do. And what people lose sight of is that speaking is a natural thing, and we all do it all the time. We just put this added pressure on ourselves to you know when it, when it's in front of an audience and what I often say to people is if you're just talking to me how do you feel and they're fine if you're talking to two of us how do you feel they're fine if it's three four five it's fine then suddenly it becomes a problem but you're only saying the same thing and each person only hears what you're saying the once that one person each person hears it just themselves so it's a false pressure and it's exactly the same when you look at networking, when you walk into a room full of strangers, we feel inside that everyone stops their conversation and turns and looks at us as the stranger, the weird person, Billy No Mates, as Peter put it. But they don't. They carry on with their conversation. And the people you go and approach will enter into conversation with you. Everyone else is getting on with their own conversations. They're not worried about you, but that's not what we see inside our own minds. Mm -hmm. And Peter, why is this book... 
in your view, still as relevant today as it was 10 years ago? Uh, because in that respect, nothing has changed. Uh, people are still nervous. They're still nervous of networking. They're still nervous of speaking. Uh, you have new generations coming through. So, okay, 10 years ago, you know, we were looking up to have this as a best-selling book. But, uh, you know, there are a lot of people in their, perhaps, their, say, their early 20s who have come into business who 10 years later haven't seen the book. It's exactly the same challenge now as it was then, as it was really 50 years ago, really. And I, my belief is it, it will be ever more because... Uh, you always need to network well. You always need to speak well. And that takes time and practice and, uh, and experience. Frank, you know, you were saying about Chris about experience earlier on. Um, and it is about getting involved and doing stuff. Uh, and that makes the difference. So for me, that's the reason why it's relevant. Nothing actually has changed in terms of business. We all have to do these two disciplines if we're going to be successful. And it doesn't matter whether you own your own business, you run your own business, or in our case, family businesses, uh, or if you know, you're part of a corporate environment or a public sector or whatever. Um, to get on in life, in a business career, the person that stands up and speaks well and in an informed way regularly or who networks well uh, and regularly is far more likely to progress. That's what it boils down to. And in fact, I'd argue it's become even more relevant today. You know, since 2008, the, the, the whole attitude towards networking uh, has changed even in the corporate sphere. So people now recognize that they have to build networks, they have to raise their profile, they have to build a personal brand for their career. Uh, and if you add into that the amount of people in the UK, in the US and, and across the world who have left corporate life and set up their own business or set up their own consultancies or who now have portfolio careers, then these skills are ever more important. So. Um, Yes, it's still relevant today, but even more so. so has, has the the impact of technology, you know, with now people network massively online as well, don't they, via social media and various different posts and things? Has that has that impacted uh, Peter? The you know the ability to are, are the opportunities for networking face to face? Have they proliferated as well? I think I think the danger is, as you know, I run my own. Um uh, practice, which is a networking practice of 60-odd businesses these days. And uh, the danger is people rely on email. The danger is they rely on uh, simple social media, Facebook or LinkedIn or what have you, But the, which is great. It connects you. Uh, but at the end of the day, face-to-face -face is what it's all about. Whether we like it or not, face-to-face -face is what it's about. And so therefore, um, uh, you, you've got to be better skilled. You, you've got to know how to talk to people, how to get on with people. Uh, and, and likewise, if you're actually speaking these days, you're highly likely for somebody to pick up their phone, as uh, happened to me on Friday, and they'll hold the phone up in an audience. They'll record what I'm speaking on that second, and for all you know, it goes on Facebook five minutes later. Uh, you know, it might go on Facebook Live. So the impact of social media, all it's done is, I think, exacerbated the importance of it. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to move on from that now. I'm kind of intrigued, Andy. Why did you, bar the fact that they were first and second and death third, why did you choose to join uh, speaking and networking together in your book? There's always been books on how to speak, 
in public. Uh, to a lesser degree at the time, there were books uh, on how to network, like How to Work a Room by Susan Rowan. Um, but these are two skills that really do go hand in hand. You know, I, I talked about the network that I uh, was MD of and, you know, BNI, which, which a lot of people will be aware of. And everyone there needs to stand up and present every week. You go to a local chamber of commerce or rotary and you may get a minute to win it type thing. You know, three businesses will get the chance to present. You get events with sponsors and someone from the sponsor will be asked to present. And what I was seeing at so many of the events at which I was invited to speak, when members of the audience, other delegates at the event, were given the opportunity to give a presentation, they shied away. And going back to my earlier answer, um, that's missing an opportunity. It's missing a huge opportunity, uh, and the nerves were getting in the way. So speaking in public goes hand in hand with networking, but they were never put together in the same book. Now, there are so many business books out there, and the ability to take these two key complementary skills and put them in the same easy-to-read practical guide just makes it more accessible to more people. Um, and I think that's key. Uh, and how it came about is Peter and I have known each other for 13 years now. So we'd, we'd known each other for a few years. Peter had got me involved in the Professional Speaking Association um, originally. Uh, and we found that we had uh, presentations that, 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 that did fit together really well. You know, I was giving a presentation on how to work a room. Uh, and Peter was giving a presentation on, on how to give a, a speech. And we started giving these at various events. Uh, Birmingham Junior Chamber of Commerce brings to mind a few trainee solicitors uh, societies and a few other events. And the response was really powerful. Um, and that's when we realized, well, maybe there's a book in this as well. Mm. We've got three minutes to commercial break. But Peter, I just wondered if you've got any... Any thoughts on how you see people getting this you know, speaking and networking wrong? Well, I, I, I think from a speaking perspective, I see two things happening these days. The first one is that people don't don't try, which is the old one, which is that they hide the light under a bushel, and hopefully the book will help people to get past that. <clears throat> the other one I, I see even more regularly than, than uh, ever now is where people get past the first base. In other words, you know, they go to these networking events, as Andy has suggested, they get the opportunity to do a one minute, a 10 minute, a 15 minute. They do quite a bit and they get a thing called what I call speakeritis, which I really ought to have registered, but there you go. All of a sudden they think they understand everything about speaking and then all of a sudden they're, they're overconfident and they don't get the number one rule, which is it's all about the audience and not about themselves because that's the point. It's all about the people in front of you and what, what they believe uh, is why they should listen to you. Uh, and the danger is they, they, you know, they suddenly get a speaker walk and, and think they've, you know, they've become the greatest speaker in the world. That's the biggest danger for me. You have to get past yourself uh, and realize that you're just giving a message of some sort and to, you need to be looking out for the people in the audience to serve them. It's all about serving those people. It's not, it's not about... Uh, look at me, how wonderful I am now. I'm on my feet regularly. So that's the biggest thing that I see once people are get to a more of an improver stage, if you like, um, that, I, that I see. Biggest one still is that people will still, still try not to do it, which is the biggest, uh, biggest loss. 
Mm, any, any thoughts from you, Andy? Just got a couple of minutes. Uh, yeah, I mean, from a, from a networking perspective, it's very simple. That they have no strategy. They they haven't thought through why they're networking, what they want to achieve, and instead they just try and sell, and they ignore the fact that people aren't there to buy, and they see networking as networking events and not their network. The network of trusted relationships they build around them. So a little bit more thought going into networking, and I think you could say the same for speaking, to be fair, um, but a little bit more thought, a little bit more planning, and it can make a huge difference. So it's more about uh, considering what you can give as opposed to what you're going to gain. That's part of it, but actually you start from why you're doing it, what you're going to gain. You know, let's not pussyfoot around. You know, the, 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 the whole mentality of abundance and giving is absolutely central to networking but ultimately you're investing time and effort into something where you could be putting that elsewhere so you do have to have a purpose for yourself to it as well um, certainly from a business perspective um, so yes you're absolutely right but that's not the point I make the point I'm making is you need to be strategic about what you're doing excellent well at that point we're gonna to go to commercial break and we'll be back with you again in a couple of minutes, in which time we'll ask Peter and Andy to start sharing some tips on speaking, on networking, and uh, you know what the right networks and events and things that you should join. So we'll be back with you again in just a couple of minutes. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high-potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high-return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program, one-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. You are tuned into the Business Elevation Show with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk. That's chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Now back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper. I'm with Andy Lapata and Peter Roper. We're talking about, and death came third, the definitive guide to networking and speaking in public. So, uh, Peter, uh, here's your opportunity now. How about giving us one tip... Uh, big tip for speaking and doing it really well. Uh, the biggest tip I, I can give for speaking is is to be a natural presenter. And to be a natural presenter, you've just got to be yourself. That's the biggest tip I can give to people. So often people believe, especially in the early days, they feel that they've got to be somebody else, that they've got to 
suddenly be like somebody that they've seen as a speaker. And you know what? You can never be better than second best if you're trying to be somebody else. So the key is to recognize the fact that you are what you've got uh, and therefore just be yourself. And so don't try and, uh, and, and be like someone else. Learn from people. Learn some you know, simple things of how to be clever at doing things. But the biggest deal is being yourself because undoubtedly if people are listening to you, they can tell in a heartbeat if you're trying to be something that's just not you and they really won't give you house room. So the number one tip always is being, to be a natural presenter, just be yourself. That's the trick. And what's the trick then if you're not feeling confident in being yourself? Fake it until you get there. <laughs> um, no, it's not strictly true. I, I think the thing is, is that um, practice, and by practice, I mean getting, get up. Um, uh, the danger is everybody can, you know, will say, well, I know what I need to do. I'll practice a speech 225 times before I do it. It isn't going to work. The only way of doing it is to find places where you can stand up and speak, make your mistakes just like in anything else that you do in business, and then you'll learn from it. And then, I would, obviously, I would always suggest here in the UK at least, uh, join the Professional Speaking Association when you, know, when you get to a point where you think you, you know, that uh, you can learn from other people that are perhaps that much farther on. In America, it would be the National Speaking Association. Um, the main thing is, is go and do it, just like anything else. Go and do it regularly. Find places to speak uh, and your confidence level will grow. And that's the great thing about something like the Professional Speaking Association. I'm sure the NSA in the States is that it does give you an opportunity to speak and lots of people to hold you to account to get on and do it. Because it can be an easy thing to kind of chicken out of, can't it, if you... Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, especially if you're more nervous about it, it's very easy to say, I'll, I'll do it next week, next month, next year, and of course that never comes. Uh, you have to throw yourself in at the deep end, but let's face it, if uh, most people listening uh, to us today are uh, their own, running their own businesses, um, no one else is going to do it for you in a hurry. You've got to be the, the, the speaker uh, of, of your business itself. And so the better you are, uh, the better the business is going to be. It's that simple. That's the really truth, isn't it? Because if you if you if you suck, that's going to give an impression that your business does too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Except that my my point has always been: you don't have to be the world's greatest speaker, the world's greatest orator. What you do have to be is to be uh, uh, reasonable and be yourself, and then people will give you the time of day to listen to, especially. In a, you know, in a networking environment, um, uh, and then you know, the more you do it, the better you will get. You are representing your business. If it's corporate, your business is still your career, or portfolio, perhaps, as Andy said earlier. You're still representing yourself, so it pays hugely to get better at standing up and getting on your feet. I'm going to also ask that question to Andy because I know Andy spends a lot of time on his feet speaking at conferences and events. Andy, what's your number one tip for speaking? I think the I'd pick up on, on what Peter said there, and I'd use the word authentic. Be authentic. Um, believe in what you're speaking about. You know, I, I'm. I'd like to think that I I am a reasonably good speaker when it comes to the technique of speaking, um, but that doesn't mean that I would go and speak for anyone about anything. I speak about my topic. I speak about what is important to me. Um, I speak about what the areas in which I want to make a difference, and I feel qualified 
to help people make a difference. Um, and I think that authenticity comes across. I certainly hope it does. So don't try and be someone you're not. Uh, I, a number of years ago, quite a long time ago, early in my speaking career, I had a session with a friend of mine who's a professional actor uh, and a speaking coach. And he said, Let, let's work on your opening. And I could never use what he showed me because as powerful as it may have been, it wasn't me. So I, I think put away you know, all the gimmicks, learn from the best, but don't imitate the best uh, and be yourself. And, and uh, allied to that, pull yourself away from PowerPoint slides and reading. Pull yourself away from a script. You know, I, I saw the uh, CEO of a very well-known social networking site speak in London a few years ago. And I went to this event purely to see her speak. I was intrigued to hear what she had to say. And I switched off in the first five seconds because she read her name from a script. She had no need to read her name from a script. If you need notes to prompt you, fine. But keep them, uh, keep them pr as prompts, exactly that, as prompts, as bullets, not a whole script. Because... If I ask you a question, you don't have to read the response to me. You know, you're asking Peter and I questions now. We don't have to read from a script to give you our response. Uh, and no one does. And yet when we get up on stage, we think we do. And when we, when we do that, when we tie ourselves to scripts and, and hugely detailed PowerPoint slides, we lose that authenticity. So it's really important to speak from the heart, not from the page. And that makes a big difference. Great advice there. So, so Andy, what's your advice on networking? What would be your number one tip for somebody who turns up at that networking event or, or maybe you've not even got there? I mean, what would you recommend that people do? Well, there's a lot of tips to share, but sort of building on the, the idea of authenticity, it's the same thing. And it's a phrase that it forms one of the key parts of the book. Um, it's the in the book we share three tips, three tools, three techniques for each area, and this is the second tool. Um, uh, and it's something I heard in a presentation back in two thousand. And it's pursue the relationship, not the sale. So many people, as I alluded to before the break, go to networking events trying to sell. They're trying to sell to a room full of people who are trying to sell to them, which, in my mind, is the worst place to try and sell anything. Um, instead, you should be looking to find people you like, find people with whom you have a rapport, find people with whom you have something in common, find people you would want to meet up with again. Uh, and the more you do that, the more you'll relax, you'll enjoy your networking and you'll be an enjoyable, attractive person to network with. And then you have to follow up. Where so many people fall down is failure to follow up which means they're wasting their own time and they're wasting the time of the people that they've engaged in conversation. So focus on the long term. Don't see the, the event as a room full of patsies with their wallets out ready to buy from you. See them as people with interesting stories, with networks of their own, um, people who can help you, who you can support, and who might add value to other people in your network and go and research, find out what that value is, find out what they have to offer, and find out what you have to offer them. Uh, and by doing that, you make friends, and you build a network. And it's from that network 
that you'll get the support and the help and the referrals that you need, not from walking into a room and trying to pitch. Great advice there, Andy. I really like I really like that. That uh, you know that pursuing the relationship, not the sale, and that idea of, of the importance of following up afterwards. Anything in addition to that from you, Peter? Well, I, I would carry on from what Andy said early on about networking strategy. I'm big into strategy. Uh, I'm big into strategy with my business clients, and, and you have to be very clear about what it is you're trying to do with your business. You have to be very clear with what that means for you as an individual and for those that rely on you. And obviously, again, if I'm talking about family businesses, it's all the members inside and outside of a family business. And from that, one of the strategies that you need to be clear on is your networking strategy, as Andy quite rightly said. So to my mind, so many people go to networking events, and it's, it's patently obvious, even if they're actually quite good at making friends, and Andy's... 100% right, but they, they, they kind of don't know why they're there. I'm, sh- I'm sure you'd agree, Chris. Mm. You, 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 you see people, and they come along, and quite often you'll hear them say things like, well, you know, I, you know, I appreciate the friendship of networking. Uh, and then I know full well that means that, they're, that they're, their business isn't doing very well because they're using it as an excuse. Because if you're, if you're automatically finding friends anyway and, and, and business happens sooner or later perhaps with that person or not as the case may be, it doesn't really matter. What does matter is that you're clear when you're walking into a room why the heck you're there in the first place. <clears throat> or otherwise you become uh, a networking junkie. If you're not careful, you see people, Andy knows this for well, you'll see people go to umpteen networking events and they're everywhere. They're absolutely everywhere at every event known to man. And then they suddenly disappear. And they suddenly disappear because they've either become really disillusioned because they didn't get what networking was about. Or frankly, they were going broke because they spent so much money networking. They're not actually they're doing business because no one gets why they're there in the first place. So in a nutshell, be clear what on earth you're doing networking for in the first place. And be clear why you're in that particular room. Mm. I, I had um, a coaching, a mentoring client a few years ago, and he came along and I said, how much networking do you do? Because I knew he did a lot. And he said, I, ne- I do four or five breakfast meetings a week. I do probably three lunches a week, and I might do one or two networking dinners mm. or evenings. And I said, how's that working for you? He said, oh, it's brilliant. It's really good. I said, why then did you want to pay me by post-dated check? Uh, and basically, he, he had this flurry of activity, but no one got to know him. They knew who he was, they knew him around, but he didn't build any relationships because he was just networking for the sake of it. And you get a reputation as a serial networker, and it's not necessarily the most positive reputation. Um, because people are questioning if you uh, if you can afford this amount of time at networking events, well, you know you can't have much business. So yeah, you do need that that little bit more focus and that strategic thinking. And I said to him, instead of going to five breakfast meetings and three lunches and two dinners next week, why don't you skip skip go to two of your breakfast meetings? You know you have to not put people into cold turkey, but uh, skip two of them. And instead, go to breakfast. If you're happy getting up that early, go to breakfast with three or four people who you've met at various meetings but haven't got to know. 
and he did that and two weeks later he turned around to me he said I got business from it so it does need to be much more focused so so how we've got still four minutes to three four minutes to commercial break now but how do people he was going to lots of different events mm. and probably spreading himself too thinly yeah how do people find the right events you know the ones and the, or the right sites online to join I mean you know what would, is the right way to approach that sort of strategy for your business? Well, understand why you're going, and then understand how that event will serve you. You know, first of all, ask yourself: Do I already have the network in place that will help me achieve what I want to achieve? Because if you do, why are you going to a networking event? I, I'm a big fan of networking events, but they're not the be-all and end-all. They're not what networking is. They are a tool to help you build your network further and stay in touch with people. They are not networking per se, so look to your network first. But then look to the events and say, well, what do I want to achieve and how will that event help me? So I talk about networking for three reasons. To become better known, better equipped and better connected. And with that in mind, you can look at events and say, will they help me raise my profile in the right place? Will they help me learn from the right people? Will they help me build strong enough relationships to get referrals? So you could, and you can do exactly the same with networking sites like LinkedIn or Twitter or Facebook. Have a purpose, and then that will help you select the right one. Excellent, great, great advice. Uh, just very quick, Peter, any thoughts from you? Well, yeah, I, I, I think the thing is, is uh, just building on what Andy said, it was, uh, networking events are great. Uh, but I know a number of people who never go to networking events but who are fantastic networkers because they've identified the sort of people they want to meet and they do coffee, they do lunch, they do breakfast, they, uh, uh, they do Skype calls. In other words, they get to know people uh, in a way that works for them and works for the people they're networking with. So networking events are great. I'm, I'm biased because we run a bunch of them, so undoubtedly they work. But the, the more controlled process you've got there, the better it is. So uh, ne um, networking can be many, many different things to many different people. What you have to have clarity of is what it is you're looking for and what it is you want to do and then work at it and be prepared to ask people what works for them uh, because you, know, you can get great experience from other people and save a lot of time, effort and money. Marvellous. Well, we're going to go to commercial break again and... Uh after the break, we should be looking at some of the, uh, the fears that people might have and how to overcome them. Um, and uh, you know, what happens if you don't like networking? That could be one of them. So we'll be back with you again in just a couple of minutes. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high-potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high-return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program, one-to-one -one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. 
Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. You are tuned into the Business Elevation Show with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk. That's chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Now back to Chris Cooper. Hi, we're back again. It's Chris Cooper here with Andy Laparta and Peter Roper. We're talking about And Death Came Third. So um, let's um, ask you this question, Peter. What if people don't like networking or they don't like speaking in public? I mean, that's what the New York Times survey uh, told us. Um, Should they get better at it or not? Well, I suppose at the end of the day, it depends on what they're trying to achieve. Uh, Some people in life will not need to network and don't need to stand up and speak. And in which case, I suggest that they really are absolutely convinced they don't need to do it, then don't buy the book and don't try and do it. However, it will hold you back. So it depends. I think anybody deep down knows full well that they'd like to stand up and speak. Uh, Anybody knows full well that they actually do want to walk into a room full of people and, and do make friends of some sort. There's very few people that don't. And certainly if you're in business, whether you like it or not, you probably are going to have to do it in some form or another. So it makes total sense to me that even if you are a very shy, quiet person, do you know what? You can get your message across very well, but to do so, you do have to do some things. Some of the best speakers I know are not extroverts. Very much they are introverts. And, but when they speak, people go quiet and they listen to them. And the reason why they listen to them is because they have the ability to speak. It's just they choose when to. And likewise, when they network, they network very quietly. But you know what? They can be very successful networkers. But it is about getting past the fear of it, taking some things on board uh, and making themselves a little better. They don't have to be the star of the show. They don't have to be the loudest voice. They don't have to be the person that knows everybody. But what they can do and need to do uh, is, be, is be clever at it, be better at it to suit themselves in the way that works best for them. Makes, that makes a lot, lot of sense. So, uh, Andy, have you, have you got any thoughts about you know, how introverts sort of approach uh, their fears? And it's probably a double question here. What about extroverts who've got few fears um, at all? I mean, do they need to really start to connect with some fears to you know, get the adrenaline going? So, Yeah, I, I think that you look at one particular quality um, and I think it becomes very pertinent to both introverts and extroverts coming from different directions. And that's the ability to listen. A lot of people think that extroverts make the best networkers and the more natural networkers. And extroverts are more comfortable going into a room full of strangers and holding court. That doesn't make them the best networkers because they don't naturally listen. Uh, on the flip side, introverts listen. So while they may not be comfortable going into and breaking into those conversations when they're in them, they're paying attention to the other person uh, and they're, 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 they're analysing what the other person is saying. They're paying attention and they're more likely to recognise opportunities for 
their network for that person or for themselves. So the first thing is to recognize the importance of that quality of listening and how it plays out for introverts on one hand, extroverts on the other. And I would say that exactly the same thing applies to speaking as networking. Uh, a good speaker listens to their audience. They, they do their research in advance. They read the room. They recognize what the audience is interested in hearing, what's relevant to that, what, what they need to act upon, and they say what's, uh, what's necessary there. An introvert will be aware of that. They'll be they'll be picking up those signals. They'll be very conscious. An extrovert might be rushing because they've got this wonderful message to spread but haven't thought about who they're spreading that message to. And that's why when Peter says some of the best speakers he knows are introverts, and I think I know exactly who he's talking about and I would agree with him um, about those people, it, they're great speakers because then it's not about being centre stage for them. And that applies both networking and speaking. So I, I think those two areas are key. For an introvert, when it comes to networking, uh, you don't have to go to a networking event. You know, if you're more comfortable talking to three or four people in a small group, ask people already in your network to introduce you to other people. Set up small dinners or drinks where you meet a few like-minded people um, in a more intimate environment. Network initially online. The, the online networks came out of message boards that were created by the IT community who are the world's most natural introverts. And they network with each other because they didn't want to go out into the big bad world and network in person. But once you've built those relationships online, arrange to meet people one-to-one. -one. So you don't have to go to big events surrounded by a lot of people. Um, you, know, you can find different ways uh, to get yourself out there. So we're saying networking is actually it's essential. However, what you need to do is, depending upon maybe how introverted or extroverted you are, you choose a strategy that works for you. Yeah, I, I mean, your, your question to Peter about what if you don't like networking or speaking in public. I don't like exercise particularly, but I know that I'm healthier and better off if I do it, so I have to find out what works for me. I, you know, I, I swam for years until I injured my shoulders overdoing it, so I had to change approach. I kept, every time I've tried running, I injure myself, so I changed approach. You know, and I found something that works for me where I don't keep injuring myself. You know, you find what's right for you. It doesn't mean I necessarily enjoy taking myself out there, but I know I feel better when I've done it, and it's exactly the same thing. I'm not suggesting you'll injure yourself networking or speaking in public, but you find the approach that's the most comfortable one for you. And even if it's the, the least bad option for you, if you know that it's going to help you progress your career or build your business, it's like exercising, helping you live longer or live a you know, more fulfilling life. You just get out and do it. Yeah, can I just come in there, guys? I, just, um, I think just make the point that both Andy and I, neither of us would say we're the world's greatest networkers and neither of us would say we're the world's greatest speakers. I think what we both have is a lot of experience at it, and we've learned to be reasonably good at it. Uh, but I, I certainly, for me, you know, uh, walking into a room full of strangers for the first time is still something to be a little nervous about because you just don't know who's in there. Uh, and I still get nervous when I stand up and speak after all these years. And nerves are a good thing. Nerves actually drive us. So long as 
we're not terrified. It make you know it, it makes us get up and do stuff. So I agree with Andy. You know, at the end of the day, I, mean, I think that you know the swimming analogy. I swim three or four times a week. Um, if I was super fit and didn't need to, I probably wouldn't do it. But you know what? I need to. So it, it is the same thing, really. It's the same analogy, and I think it's a, it's a really good one. Um, and uh, I'm just, I suppose, what I'm trying to say is that people probably don't uh, necessarily lose all their nerves, but nerves are a good thing. They drive us. So to be, to you know, we're not saying you're going to lose all the nerves uh, and life will be fantastic. You are going to have to work at it and keep working at it, or if nothing else, you'll get rusty. Kind of remind you, remind you that you need to prepare, don't they? Yeah. you've got, got yeah, if, to, if, to be on your A game. If it helps, I'm I, I'm petrified about two presentations I've got coming up in the next three weeks. Um, and it's really focusing my mind, and I keep wanting to back out, but I can't. Um, but I'll be fine on the day, mm. and and the big talks that will happen, and and you you learn to channel that, and and I still get nervous walking into a room full of strangers, despite the fact I've written about it and I speak about it and I teach it. Doesn't mean I like it, but I know what to do. Mm. Did I mean? Did you uh, did you write this book partly? I, mean, I wrote my book. Power to get things done almost as therapy because I realised I wasn't doing the things I needed to do to run a successful business. Doing the things I like to do. Did you guys partly write this book as therapy or no, not? Not for me. No, I, 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 if it did, it hasn't worked. I still get nervous. <laughs> it, it definitely wasn't therapy for me. I, I uh, uh, if somebody had told me that I was going to write, well, it was the, the, my first book was a very small thing. But if somebody had told me I was going to write a book. Um, I would have laughed, frankly. All right, I've written a couple since, but uh, I find writing a book hard work. Andy is much better at it than I am. Uh, and, and um, uh, you know, I've got a thought of writing another book next year, and it scares me to death at the minute, to be frank. Yeah, I can, I can relate to that. But I think you and, you and I and our personality type, Peter, are quite similar. So I can understand, uh, understand that feeling uh, big time. So, so let's just uh, move on. I mean, one of the things when it comes to speaking is people often ask this question is, how do I speak more often? Um, I just wonder if you've got any thoughts on that. I mean, what's your thoughts, Andy? How, if someone wants to speak more often and, get, and really get those opportunities, how do they best go about doing it? <laughs> I, 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 I was telling a facetious answer of uh, open your mouth more, but <laughs> um, but you you, uh, you ask get those opportunities. Well, I would start with it, it really depends what you want to speak about and who to. But there are hundreds and thousands of networking groups uh, around the UK, the US, Europe, wherever that are begging, crying out for speakers. Um, chambers of Commerce, Rotary Groups, um, Round Tables, they want people with interesting stories to tell. And, you know, that's how I really got started. Uh, I probably gave 150, 150 presentations in a year, the vast majority of them to small networking groups. I travelled around the country talking to 15 people here, 20 people there. So you have to leave your ego behind. Um, and you have to just get out there and, and, and seek them. Turn around to your network and say, who do you know who needs a speaker? Um, bore your family. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but no, just get out there and do it. Um, they, they, the opportunities are there. Um, you just need to be proactive about finding them. It's mm. a good point. Though. I, don't, I don't know if you do the same, um, you guys, but one of the things I do, if I have uh, I want to test stories out, I've come up with a new... You know, a new story. I've just got one from my 
recent trip to, to Kenya, and what I do is I test it out on people, on my family and friends, mm. at social, and see if, you know, does it work, does it get a laugh? Um, so we, we can use opportunities like that to test, test yeah. our content out. Uh, my family is so used to me uh, speaking, frankly, they're very happy for me to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Especially as their family businesses. Obviously, you know, we're all working together all the time. Uh, and uh, I, I do delight in, in, in seeing uh, my elder daughter, Sarah Beth, look at me and say, that's a new story. I haven't heard that one before. Because, of course, all the other stories she's probably heard a thousand times. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, she's a good um, a good balance for you, Peter. Thank you. It's very kind. <laughs> Somebody so, has to put up with me. <laughs> so, do you have any? I mean, do you have any thoughts on that? Actually, I'm, I'm going to move on from that. Actually, uh, uh, now I think I might be just moving, looking at the time into, you know, your sort of final thoughts and final messages. Really, I mean, what what are your what are your final sort of thoughts and messages on networking and on speaking, Peter? That you'd like to leave people with today. Well, I, I think two, two things. From a networking perspective, absolutely put a strategy together. In other words, know why on earth you're networking in the first place uh, and be clear what it is you're trying to do and recognize the fact that it is about making friends. It's not about selling. It is all about uh, connecting with people. As Andy said, most people, the worst thing they're at is actually following up. Uh, I, you know, I've, I've sent a bunch of uh, connections to people recently that I've met, most of them uh, have struggled to respond to me. Uh, and it's because they're not used to responding, they're not used to connecting well. And, and I find that fascinating. And second thing, as far as speaking is, is concerned, is what I said earlier on. Just be yourself. Don't try and be somebody else. Be just your, yourself in your own way uh, and be there for the people you're actually standing up in front of. Don't be the person that you think that you have to entertain. Be the person that's serving. If you, if you serve people, you will not go far wrong. And, and to me, that's the number one thing for speaking. Brilliant. Thank you. Thank you, Peter. And how about you, Andy? Life is too short to stress. Uh, you know, death came third because we are frightened of what other people think about us. We're frightened of rejection when we walk into a room full of strangers. We're frightened of laughter uh, and dismissal if we speak in public. Now, in my experience, neither of those things tends to happen very often. So get over that. Um, but, but also, even if it did, even if it did, it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean a thing. You know, if I, I've been doing this for 17, 18 years, and the people who I've met at networking events or through my presentations who liked what I said or liked me, many of those have become friends or long-term connections, and they've added such richness to my life. Um, hopefully people in my audiences who have really paid attention and learned something from what I said and, and, and grown from that, hopefully I've added some richness to their life, which in turn makes me feel really good. Those that I didn't strike a rapport with, those who I didn't strike a chord with, have probably forgotten me. And they're not thinking about me now, saying, remember that guy, he was terrible. I certainly hope not. Um, even if they were, I don't know about it. Um, they're not taking away from my life. So stop worrying so much about what other people think and just do what's best for you and for the people around you and engage and get involved and enjoy it and have fun. 
And you know what? If you enjoy it and you have fun, it can add so much color to your life. Excellent. Well, guys, thank you very much. Um, before we go, um, we should just share your website. So there is there is a website, isn't there, for and Death Came Third, the blog blog. Yep, and deathcamethird.com. And deathcamethird.com. And if you want to find out more about Andy Laparta, go to www.laparta.co.uk um, and go to um, www.familybusinessman.com for Peter Roper. Don't go to peterroper.com. I think that's uh, an elite runner, I think. Um, <laughs> it, it, it should transfer across, actually. That's, that's good, Everybody calls me family businessman. That'll find me. Family businessman. Excellent. It's been a tremendous pleasure talking to you guys today. Hope you've enjoyed being on. We have indeed. Thank you very yeah, much. Yeah, it's been great fun. I'm very looking forward to connecting with you um, over the weekend at the, at the PSA Mega Convention. Where we're both speaking. So, um, yeah, we definitely look forward to that. Yeah, Not that I'm nervous. Fun. Not that I'm nervous. Excellent. Of course not. <laughs> so, well, let's see if, maybe throw my ring into the hat for next year maybe um, well it'll be brilliant talking to you but some tremendous um, ideas and thoughts there about pursuing the relationship not the sale with networking and what to do if you're an introvert extrovert and uh, listening I think and researching in advance and, uh, and I think just really considering the, your best approach but I think the important thing is that uh, there's something to, to get over yourself and Get on and do it because it's important and find the right strategy for you. So, guys, once again, a huge thank you and uh, look forward to um, connecting with you all on the um, uh, the convention. And on next uh, week's show, um, we have a gentleman called Simon T. Bailey from the United States, and he's going to talk to us um, on, on, the, on, on next week's uh, Business Elevation show. So we'll be back with you again in just another week. All the best. We thank you for listening to the Business Elevation Show. Please join your host, Chris Cooper, again next Friday at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.